0: Hello and welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of Parenting Wise. I am so delighted that you were able to join us. Uh, This is our premiere episode into the podcasting world. So this is a delight for us. Um, I decided to name this first episode after the premise of the podcast itself. So this first episode um, is named Parenting Wise. Uh, We're going to discuss what does it mean to be a parent and how do we become And what does it mean to be a wise parent? Um, But a little bit about myself. First, my name is Brene Black, and I am the parent of two. uh, I guess you could say two adults now. Um, I have a 25-year-old daughter. Um, She's an industrial engineer, and she's in the midst of developing uh, that career path. She's also getting ready to start her master's degree program in mathematics at Sam Houston University. Um, she's also, um, she's just pursuing so many things. I don't want to say too much because you know how kids are or adults are, you know, if you just tell their business. So, <laughs> but uh, I also have a 18 year old son. Um, he's in the midst of all the high school graduation festivities so if you've ever experienced that whether it was as an apparent yourself or a child yourself you know what it is we're um, fitting for cap and gown we're um, pictures and applying for colleges and scholarships and is awards and there's so many things going on it's a, an exciting time in my household exciting for me and him but expensive for me. <laughs> so it's, it's a blessing and I'm I'm glad to be able to experience it. And it's always a blessing to be able to see a child when you've seen and nurtured that child for their entire lives. And now you're seeing that child transition into adulthood. So we'll discuss topics like that in the future. Um, a little bit more about myself. Uh, I hold a bachelor's degree from Liberty University in Christian counseling and I have a passion for family and children. Um so I think that's what this uh podcast was derived from my passion for um mainly raising children as a single mom. So you know my expertise will be in single motherhood, but not just single motherhood, but motherhood and parenting because being a single mom, you're still a parent and you still um, go through a lot of things that parents go through when they're together except you're going through them by yourself um i am faith driven you know i believe jesus christ is my lord and savior so you will that will be embedded in our topics as we discuss so um i hope to be a blessing some to someone in their parenting journey um as god has blessed me Um, some of the topics we're going to discuss in the future. I mean, it's going to be a host of different topics. I mean, I mean, being a parent is everyday job. It's all day, every day. So, I mean, topics could be, we could be thinking of topics and things could be happening in front of us as we speak. You know, you know how kids are, you know, how do you give a kid a bath? You know, how do they wake up in the morning, brush your teeth? But some of the topics that we have uh, already laid out are, is like being a new parent, you know, how, what does it feel like? when you bring that baby home for the first time and the hospital puts them in the car seat in the back and you're just trying to make it home and you've never been so concerned about somebody hitting your car ever in your life but now you're driving slow and just praying that you make it to the house and this baby is in one piece you know and then you get there and you're waking up every 15 minutes and looking at the baby to make sure the baby is breathing (laughs) but that's normal. So we're going to discuss things like that for the new parents that we have out there. And then we're going to talk about like things like sibling rivalry. What is it like when you bring that new baby home, and then you have an older child at home, and they have to adapt, you know, so how do we um, uh, uh, nurture our older child and adapting to a younger sibling. So we'll discuss things like that. And we'll also discuss not so happy topics like uh divorce you know it's a a reality in the society that we're in you know how do we deal with divorce uh how does that affect children you know in the household um and how can we nurture a co-parenting experience that is uh Uh, uh, that will nurture the growth of our children, you know, and there's plenty of topics that we already have outlined. Um, autism, we'll talk about some of the programs for children with autism. We'll talk about the spectrum of autism and how we can help parents and, and pass on information, um, for parents who are raising children with autism. We'll talk about home homeschooling, um, the best practices for that we'll talk about bedwetting I mean there's just so many different topics in being a parent I mean we can have topics forever so the goal of parenting wise um my main goal is to just share with parents that we you can raise mentally spiritually and emotionally uh stable children secure children um so our goal is the well-being of children as a whole. Um, children, they look for stability, you know, they, they, they want stability, you know. So how are we as parents that safe place for our children, you know, children need that safe place. You know, children are a part of this world too. So they get hit by a lot of the same emotional and, um, uh, mental damage and, and triggers that we get hit as a hit with as adults, you know, and, but a lot of times children are overlooked as being so resilient and they'll bounce back. And that's why we see when people are adults that they behave in certain, um, ways or they have certain effects or baggage from their childhood so our our goal is to eliminate as much baggage as possible now there's no way we can raise the perfect child but we can eliminate a lot of that that baggage that um we carry as an adult um that came about in our childhood um so, our goal is also to discuss the meaning of being a parent. So what is the meaning of being a parent? What do you think being a parent is? I mean, give that a thought you know, have you ever thought about what does it actually mean to be a parent? You know, there's definitions out there, but what does it actually mean to parent somebody? Well, you have different types of parents. You have moms and dads and grandparents. You have guardians such as aunts and um, you have foster parents and you even have a sibling to parent nowadays. So what does it mean to parent? Well, to be a parent, um, I've decided, you know, it's to give direction, you know, to impose rules, to use discipline to teach the values to our children. And we're going to talk about what is that discipline what are the boundaries of that discipline what kind of rules um do we set um so parenting wise that's some of the topics we're going to discuss and that's the meaning behind the premise of uh this podcast parenting wise we're also going to discuss the different types of parentings um there's several different types of parentings but there's four main types we have the authoritarian authoritative parent um and they are the parent that are they you know they have their positive role model um they're they explain reasons why you know they take actions a lot of times they like to communicate with their child before imposing consequences and they have clear expectations on what they expect in the household and then we have the authoritarian parent and that parent is the parent you know my way or the highway Um, children should be seen and not heard you only speak when you're spoken to you know and that parent kind of doesn't nurture the emotions of the child um that parent can also be considered very strict you know and then we have a permissive type parent that's a real laid-back parent you know the cool mom or the cool dad um the rules are real relaxed um there's very few consequences um you know they have that kids will be kids type you know mentality um the the boundaries in that type of relationship are usually pr- pretty blurred and we'll discuss that in more detail too in the future and then we're going to talk about the neglectful parent um yes and Sally that is one of the main Types of parent in today's society um the neglecting parent is the parent that you know avoids being a parent they're not really involved in the parenting of a child um they don't spend a lot of time with the child um it's some most times it's the absentee parent i should say most or maybe all the time but i also believe that a parent inside the house can be neglectful and um They give the child little guidance. And we'll discuss that also in future um, episodes. But in the meantime, think about what type of parent you are. You know, are you very uh, relaxed in the rules? um, Or are you very strict? You know, are you involved? You know, it's just, just think about the type of parent you are. And I think if we um, acknowledge the type of parent that we are, that it will also help with our understanding on how to engage our children and how to develop them, how to listen to our children, you know, our personality versus their needs and how can we meet their needs with our personality. Um, Because each child is a person of their own. A child is a person um, and we must nurture that person based on their own personality and their own needs. We can't expect our children to be duplicates of us. So they they don't have, they don't, they're not triggered by the same emotional um, uh, uh, triggers that we have. They're not um, strong enough to be as strong as we are because they hadn't been through what we've been through. Um, so we have to nurture our children based on their needs. So that's our goal um, is not to cause, Lifelong damage in our children's upbringing, um, even during difficult situations, because um, we can't avoid difficult situations. So, children will experience loss in a family. You know, we'll talk about that grieving process. And grieving doesn't also necessarily have to come from the loss of a person, it could be from a move. You know, children grieve um, when they move. So, anytime you lose anything, you can go through the grieving process just like we can children can as well well children do as well like I said I think a lot of times they're just overlooked and considered to be resilient or considered to be not they don't know what's going on so we don't um tend to their needs and like I said they do bring home or they do um bring up a lot of that baggage into their adulthood um We're also going to discuss things like uh, 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 the effects of bringing up a child in a nuclear family rather than a single family home. So we'll talk about the different types of families. Um, We have the nuclear family, the single family. Like I say, we have grandparents raising children and foster parents raising children. So just because we're talking about parenting doesn't necessarily mean uh, the mom and the dad. Anybody can be a parent these days. You can be a, a high school guidance counselor looking for advice on um, children that you encounter daily. That's parenting. Or you can be the next door neighbor who's, who you see a single mom struggling um, with a child and you want to give her some information on parenting. So we're going to discuss a lot of topics I think that will be beneficial to parenthood as a whole. Um, what is the best type of family structure for our children that would develop them spiritually, emotionally, and mentally? Um, a lot of people would say it's the nuclear, and I would say it was the nuclear family too. But that's under certain circumstances. Um, we, I, we hear a lot in society today that children are the way they are because there's no, fa- there's no fathers in the home. Well, I know a lot of families that have fathers in the home and the children still suffer. So I would beg to differ in the aspect of children are the way they are because they are less healthy fathers in the home. Not because there are no fathers in the home, because there are less healthy. Healthy fathers in the home. So, whether you have a father and a mother in the home, and um, that child is not getting the nurturing that they need from those parents, then either way, that can cause damage in that child's life. But we'll talk about some ways that um, we could get around that because um, sometimes we end up in situations that we didn't plan to be in. So, how can we nurture our children? to um lessen the blow in difficult situations. So that's what this podcast is going to be geared towards. Um ultimately, the goal is raising productive adults, you know. We want productive adults that we raise to raise other productive adults. So that's ultimately our goal. That's ultimately the goal of being a parent is to raise productive adults. Um and what does it mean? What does it look like to raise a productive adult? And we'll discuss that in some of our topics in the near future. So parenting wise, as a podcast, we just seek to be a blessing. Um we seek to be a voice in topics that we see in families in our community. Um, we seek to be a voice in topics that we may see on the news um things that we can avoid because um, a lot of things that we see on the news or uh, on tv we think can never happen to us but things happen and as a you know a 47 year old woman now I, I i seen a lot of things happen so i think we can discuss some of these things to um either avoid some of these things from happening or to help another parent recover from some things that have happened and to help children uh, develop develop healthily in some of the things that has happened. So we can't avoid everything, um, but we can uh, redirect some of the paths that we as parents follow and some of the paths that our children will follow. So I look forward to sharing some of these topics that we're going to talk about in the future Um, and being a blessing to families and children and parents. um, I thank you for joining us. Uh, Our tagline is going to be, it's better to raise a child being a wise parent than to raise a child at risk. So we're going to talk about uh, being a wise parent in order to avoid... um, raising children at risk so we always hear about at-risk children so we're gonna um discuss on how to lessen the risk of our children so that's the goal of our podcast parenting wise and i hope you guys will join us on some of the future episodes because i really think this is going to be a uh, a great effect on parents i think this is a um a a, a deny a dynamic um podcast that will help parents understand that a lot of the things that we go through as parents you're not going through them alone there you're not unique to certain situations you know there's a lot of people that's been through what you're going through and we're gonna put those voices together to kind of help nurture the parent as well as the children through um family situations so I thank you for joining us on Parenting Wise, our very first episode. And I hope that you will take the time to look us up in the future and to subscribe to our podcast so that you may be the first to receive our new and upcoming episodes. So thank you. I'll, you will hear me again. <laughs> thank you for joining us on Parenting Wise. Welcome to Parenting Wise. My name is Brene Black and I am your host in Parenting Wise. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a sensitive subject. We're going to talk about the topic of life threatening parenting mistakes. And when I talk about life threatening parenting mistakes, I'm talking about mistakes that are catastrophic to the well being of a child. So let me get this out the way first. I'm not talking about everyday mistakes that we all make as parents because we know that there there is no perfect parent. Um, I'm not talking about mistakes like forgetting to send the lunch money to school or missing an appointment or burning dinner. You know, you get off of work, you're changing clothes, you're giving baths, you're helping with homework, and you forget you put the meatloaf in the oven and there goes dinner. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm not even talking about losing your kid at the mall because you know. How many of us have misplaced our children? (laughs) Well, I have. And all these mistakes that I've given above are mistakes that I've personally made myself. Yes, I lost my kid at the mall. But thank God, by the grace of God, this was not catastrophic to the life of the child or myself. And it was easily corrected. But there are some mistakes that cannot be easily corrected. There are some mistakes that parents or children cannot overcome so easily. And these mistakes can lead into problems in adulthood, carry on into adulthood. Um, They can carry on into the relationships that a child has in adulthood. So from childhood to adulthood, you're carrying these traumas along with you. And it affects the way uh, they react and the way they interact with other people. So this can affect uh, a husband and wife's relationship. a a parent and child relationship in the future, or it it can even be psychologically damaging to themselves and cause suicide and other harmful self-behaviors. So when I talk about catastrophic, life-threatening mistakes that a parent can make, these are the mistakes that we're talking about. So for instance, there's a recent story in the headlines about a young lady named Lauren Jumba she was murdered by her mother's boyfriend, her mother's live-in boyfriend. And the reason this uh, story is so close to home because it's literally close to home, this young lady literally lived around the block from me walking distance from my house. So the story is very touching and it's even more touching knowing that the reality was so close to where I live. Uh, National headlines has picked up the story and, People Magazine reports that Van Henry Brisbane, 60 years old of Umbel, was arrested and charged with the murder in connection of the death of high school student Lauren Jumba. Early Friday morning. Now, this event took place, I want to say, April 29th. So it's been a couple of weeks now. But early Friday morning, just after 1 a.m., a young woman called 911 and she said her mother's boyfriend was holding her 16-year-old sister captive and at gunpoint inside their home. Lauren's mother was out of town for work when the team reached out to her begging for her to save her life. My baby called me, FaceTimed me, and she said, Mom, help me. Those were the words of the mother. And then sister um, also had a comment that Lauren reached out to her saying she just wanted to get away, that's all she wanted and she begged her sister to come pick her up. Deputies uh, arrived on the scene and heard gunshots as they approached the door. Brisbane, which is um, the mother's boyfriend, exited the front door of the home and was taken into custody. It says he's uh, he was also not cooperative with the investigators. Inside the home, Lauren was found dead With gunshot wounds, Lauren and Brisbane were the only two inside the residence at the time of the murder. A motive for the murder is unknown at this time. It says investigators have asked for a sexual assault test be performed on Lauren based on the evidence found at the scene. But deputies say that Lauren was found with her pants down. To her knees and they say Brisbane was also found with his pants down he was adjusting his pants from what I understand when he came out the house so with that being said uh as I was looking into this story like I said because it was so close to home I found a little interest in it and because it was just so sad so sad that a young girl at, a, at the age of 16 will be murdered by a 60 year old man that her mother trusted and as they were airing this story on local news you the mother said that this man treated this child like he was her father like she was his own and also there were other family members aunts and the uh the sister they said he was really nice and there was no evidence that this would have happened or occurred um but it did and, the, and the, as a result, a 16-year-old girl left, lost her life. As I was reading some of the comments left on social media, YouTube, and even under some of the ner- news articles, uh, a lot of people put fault on the mother. A lot of people blame the mother for leaving the child at home with a boyfriend. I believe the mom and this man lived together for five years so a lot of people blame the mama and put the guilt on the mom for leaving the child with this man I can't say that this guilt belongs to this woman and I know she carries guilt in herself just for doing you know just for leaving the child but that should not be her responsibility the guilt of the murder of her child I'm not saying that she didn't make a mistake like we all have the mistake she made was leaving that man with her child while she was out of town but the guilt of the murder is solely that man's responsibility is solely he should be accountable for because he murdered a 16 year old child and i'm sure the mother did not leave her daughter home with this man thinking he was gonna murder her So he is guilty of this crime and not the mother. And we pray for this mother and her family at the loss of her child. Now, how many of us single parents or uh, uh, dating parents have put our children, even if it wasn't overnight with someone else, a stepfather, a boyfriend, an uncle, how many of us have left our children with people that we trust, man, woman, could be anybody. Studies say a parent that is single or divorced and dating their children are 40 times more likely to suffer some type of abuse. 40 times. And that abuse can be emotional, physical, or sexual. As we seen um, in the Lauren Jumba case, her abuse probably was sexual, but it most definitely was life threatening. And so even though the mother can't be held responsible for the guilt and the murder of the child, she did make some mistakes. And that mistake was leaving that child at home with this 60 year old man. And that mistake was trusting someone that I'm sure the mother loved. So we've all been in that situation where we love someone and we trust someone, but they end up not being who we thought they were. But the sad part, the mistake is trusting someone enough to be with our children and not knowing who they are. And this caused the life of this child to be taken away. So the question is to date or not to date. That's not the question. (laughs) to date or not to date um if you feel that you need to look for love and find love more more power to you you know find love but always be cautious with who you bring into your child's life and you know that's a mistake that a lot of parents make we know a lot of times in childhood children don't know how to express themselves a lot of times they don't even know what's appropriate what's not appropriate but into adulthood we see that a lot of these predators and their deeds are revealed. So children may be going through certain things in childhood that they can't put into words until adulthood. And how many of us have friends or uh, relatives or someone we know that face some type of abuse at the hands of a predator that they never revealed as a child, but they revealed in adulthood? So that happens. And it happens more than we are willing, willing to even talk about. Um, so we know that the risk is 40 times greater, you know, for parents that are dating. So what should we do as parents? Do we date? I mean, yes, we date. We ju- we're just cautious about who we date and who we bring our kids around. Because predators specifically target single women with children. So they're going to come across as the most, oh, he's the most romantic, the nicest, the, he's everything I ever looked for because he's he wants to portray that person to you so you can open up your doors, you can open up your life and he can have access to your child. And when I say he, that could be anybody because there's women predators, there's men predators, um, there's emotional abuse, there's physical abuse. Uh, you know that the story of the, Uh, this wicked stepmother that didn't come out of nowhere there's a lot of stepmothers that are emotionally and physically abusive to children you know when the father isn't around they make comments or they say something that affects that child forever so there's a lot of situations of abuse that are not addressed in a child's life until they are older and they are able to address it themselves but our as parents it's our responsibility to constantly provide that safe place, that safe haven for our children to always have a place and a, a refuge and a safe place to go. So when they need to talk or when they need to uh, uh, be protected or when they're looking for guidance, that is our responsibility as a parent. Although I was never sexually abused, you know, I faced uh, emotional abuse from a mom's boyfriend um, and the same boyfriend his brother uh, I want to say kind of tried to bait me into you know being his sexual uh, victim uh, The he uh, we moved to Georgia for a few years and uh, the boyfriend's brother made some comments that were inappropriate to me he asked me excuse my language but he asked me Uh, At the age of 13, if I had ever seen a penis before. And when I said no, he said, well, you're, um, you're not as advanced as the girls here in Georgia, you know, they seen penises and start having sex before then. And I was like, I already knew what it was. (laughs) I already knew what he was trying to do. And I only knew because my mom, the one thing I could say she did right is she prepared me so we had those type of conversations about what was appropriate what was not appropriate um um, what to do in situations where people were making inappropriate advances towards me um you know so when this occurred I knew to speak to her about it and I did and that situation was handled so it's important that we make uh we build relationships with our children where they feel they like they can be open with us. I always tell people it's good to have adult conversations with children in a child like language. But the same type of situations that we go through as adults, children go through too. But it's misleading to think that a child is resilient, that they will bounce back and they could go through this. And the same things we go through, our children are going through too. They have the same emotions, even though they may not know how to express those emotions. Um, They deal with the same traumas, even though they don't know how to deal with those traumas. They don't know how to express those traumas. But it's our responsibility as parents to help our children come out of these traumas and to be solid adults, to be uh, well-rounded adults, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Uh, for instance, as my daughter became early older in her relationships with her stepmother, it was kind of strange, you know, her stepmother and her, um, they had a lot of issues, you know, when she was younger, she really respected her stepmother. And there were some things I seen early on that I personally didn't intervene in, but I noticed you know and it was hard to even have a voice in that situation because you know they think you know you tell anybody you tell your ex you think you're lying because you're jealous and this and that you tell anybody it's because of the situation that you're in you know but I seen things early and you know I was always very cautious but I made it aware I made everybody aware of you know how I felt about the situation um but as my daughter got older, she started seeing things for herself. And being able, being older, she was able to verbalize those situations. For instance, she noticed that, you know, her stepmother um, always wanted her to call her uh, uh, mother, mama. And that's one thing I don't believe in. I don't believe in children calling other people other than their parents, mother or father. I would never allow any of my children, only have two, but either of my children to call anyone dad other than their fathers. So um, my daughter told me that there was an incident uh, incident where her stepmother said, why do you still call me by her name and you call my sister, auntie? So my daughter felt like uh, the stepmother wanted her to call her mother. And I said, well, that's just not going to happen. Well, as my daughter graduated from college, years and years and years later, uh, their relationship became more strained and for reasons I can't get into. But uh, as their relationship became more strained, they became more distant. And then they kind of reconciled for a while. And when my daughter graduated from college, the stepmother didn't show up from for her college graduation. So you, you see the difference between a... Uh, a mother and a stepmother because there's no way I would ever miss my daughter's college graduation. And her stepmother, there's no way she would ever miss her child's graduation, her biological child, but she was willing to miss my child's graduation that she claimed to love as her own. So you see where I'm going with this? People can claim to love your children as their own, but In reality, just the hard reality is they're not theirs. And anytime they have to make a choice between their own and theirs, they're going to pick theirs. So with that being said, we have to be cautious who we believe love our kids as theirs, who we believe acts so nice towards our children Who we believe. Oh, that he loved. That's what the family said of Lauren Jumba. He loved her like he was, like she was his own. Okay. And we see where that got us. Um, Signs that a a partner um, is in an unhealthy relationship with your child. So if you see a a partner or anybody in an unhealthy relationship with your child, that would be the time to intervene. I'm the type. I believe that if it's a question in your mind, that is, you can, that I don't care if it's reality or not. If there's a question in your mind, that relationship needs to be ceased because you, you never really know. No one's ever going to tell you the truth. You know, when it comes to, oh, are you, uh, mistreating my child? Or are you, uh, uh, abuse, abusive? Are you no, 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 no predator is going to say, yeah, I'm abusive. They're going to lie. <laughs> so if it's a question in your mind, as the protector and the parent, you should protect your child and your instincts should automatically sever that relationship. But if you see um, your partner being too clingy with your child, or if you see your partner just being negative all the time, speaking bad about the child, finding every flaw about because children are children. A lot of them have flaws. They they have messy rooms, they mess up their schoolwork, they lie, they you know, so kids are kids. But if you your partner is constantly picking out the negative in your child and never uh uh, uh lifting up the positive in the child, that's something to be cautious of. That can be in form of abuse. Uh if that if that partner treats your child different than other children in the family, so if they have their own children and they treat their children different than your own, their own child, then that's a sign of abuse. And children grow up oftentimes with these traumas in their hearts, with these pains in their hearts from things that happened to them in childhood. And I've heard these stories over and over again. Um, with that being said, one, every child has one mother and one father who is their safe place and should always protect them uh, for, did you know for every negative word that is said to a child, it takes 10 positive words to counteract that negative word in order to save a child's self-esteem. So for instance, if we're seeing things like, Oh, you're so stupid to a child. You know, it's going to take 10 positive words to counteract that negative thing, that that seed that was planted in that child's head. So I say, if, if I say, oh, you're so stupid, it's going to take a time where I'm saying you're so smart, you're talented, you're inspiring, you're intelligent, you're brilliant, you're clever, you're sharp, you're bright, you're gifted, you're studious. So it's going to take different instances for me to point out the gifts in that child for to negate that negative comment that was said. If you're calling your child ugly, it's going to take times uh, of several instances where you say you're beautiful, you look good today, um, I love that dress on you, your hair looks good, all oh, your eyes are gorgeous, oh my god goodness you just have the most beautiful skin so it's going to take all those positive reinforcements to negate that negative comment and even with that being said even with the correction of the self the the esteem esteem we put in those children we still the the child is still going to hold on to that one time that they heard that negative comment so if a child was called ugly, even though I may reinforce a million times how beautiful they are, they still, they're going to remember that time you call them ugly. So it's important as parents, not just for ourselves, but the people that we invite into the lives of our children, that these people are also reinforcing the wellness of our children and when I'm talking about well I'm talking about spiritual wellness uh physical wellness and emotional wellness because we we could bring people into our lives that affect the lives of our children and this can affect their lives forever it can be detrimental a child can be suicidal an adult can be suicidal. We see it all too often that people have traumas that they're unable to overcome. And then we see it in the news. What could we have done? But these are seeds that are planted that are not uprooted early enough. Um there are some things that just impact our children, like I say, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and affect us as adults. And as adults, We have to be empathetic to our children's feelings. We have to be empathetic to their lives. We have to be empathetic to the things they go through. As I said previously, we can't just assume that a child is resilient. We have to open the lines of communication so our children can always feel like they can talk to us regardless of the situation they're in. And like I say, uh, the, the communication should always be uh, the same communication that we would have with an adult, but in childlike words that the child can understand. Child, children are more intelligent than we give them credit for. Um, but with that being said, when we think of people that damage children or physically or emotionally damage children, like I said, these are predators These are sick individuals that come into our lives or the lives of uh, of vulnerable people and take them for granted or take advantage of them. So as parents, it's our responsibility not to make these mistakes, but to monitor the influences that are in our children's lives. The biggest mistake we can do that we can do is ignoring uh, potential dangers in our children's life regardless of who they are or what they are that's the biggest mistake that can happen is ignoring them now I'm not saying that there's never going to be a situation like I left my child at the mall well not left him at the mall that's an overstatement <laughs> but I lost my child at the mall I was at the mall my son was probably about four or five and we used to like to go to the movies in the mall. So we came out the movie theater and we stopped by the food court to get something to eat. And so I looked, my daughter was standing at one side of me and my son was on the other side of me. And um, we were at the counter paying for the food that we had just purchased. And so I looked down, I got the money out my purse and I paid the cashier. I grabbed the bag of food and I. I went to walk away and I seen my daughter. I looked to see my son and my son was gone. And I looked at my daughter. I said, where's your brother? And she was like, I don't know. So I'm looking around like he gotta be. I mean, he was just here. He gotta be around here somewhere. I mean, there's no way he could have left that fast. So the movie theater and the uh, food court was in close proximity. I said, well, maybe he went back to the movie theater. Maybe, you know, he really liked the movie. Maybe he just went back thinking. And so I went back to the movie theater, didn't see him. So we're standing up there looking all over the place. And I just started, I was getting ready to scream at the top of my lungs, just call his name, scream at the top of my lungs. And before I could get the words out of my mouth, a lady must've seen the frustration on my face. And she said, are you looking for a child? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, he's right down the escalators. A lady, he's standing with a lady waiting for you. And I ran down there and this lady seen him and she stood with him and waited for me to come get him. And I just, I couldn't even say anything to her. All I did was hug her because automatically the worst goes through your mind and the worst could have happened. But you know, and situations do happen, but in the same aspect, mistakes happen. And us as parents, it's our responsibility to cover our children from those mistakes. But when they do happen, we have to also reinforce and adjust to make sure those mistakes don't happen again. So with that being said, it's important as parents that we continue to keep the lines of communication open with our children in order for them to have healthy relationships in life and have healthy relationships as an adult. We never want to... Uh, dis uh, 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 manage or mismanage the uh, ability of children to be able to feel children feel the same as we do as adults so it's our responsibility as parents to nurture them to comfort them to be there for them and always feel like have them always feel like they can talk to you So with that being said, I would like for us to always to always remember that our children are humans. They're little humans and they feel and they react similar to us. They just don't have the outlet to be able to express like us. So going forward. Let's make sure we open the lines of communication to our children so they can speak to us. If they are suffering from any type of abuse or any type of trauma that they're able to talk to us, talk to our children before situations come up. That's the one thing my mom did. She talked to me. She let me know that there are people out here that don't want to, uh, that wants to do harm for you. They want to do harm. And so my mom talked to me about those things ahead of time. So when that that demon did approach me I was able to do exactly what my mother like fire drills in school they have fire drills so it teach you when a fire occurs this is what happens. so we also should have these life fire drills when bad things occurs when predators come when evil come when even if somebody you loves if, if you love if they act in this manner this is what we should do so let's think ahead of time let's be careful of who we invite into our children's life let's be careful of um, our reaction of our children and let's not be so desperate for love that we will put our, our children in harm's way let's not be so desperate for love that we forget that our children are a priority. So with that being said, let's move on and parent wise in all of our parenting and keeping our children safe, healthy and able to conquer the world as an adult when they enter adulthood. So I thank you for joining us on Parenting Wise this evening and I pray for all of you and your families as you continue this journey in parenting. Have a good day and join us for our next episode of Parenting Wise.